go. Ingredients of consistent Christianity. I don't know what your favorite holiday treat is or meal uh, or whatever, but I love a couple of things. There's these things that um, my mom makes for me, and it doesn't matter how old you get, there's always one thing that your mom makes. It's just like, oh, that is just love in on a plate, right? Amen? Amen. Amen. There's these things called scotch cakes. You may not know what they are. There's no alcohol in it, so calm down. Okay? Um, at least I don't think so. <laughs> no, there's not. Um, but it's just kind of like a shortbread cookie covered in like, you know, white granulated sugar. And uh, they're very buttery and they're just incredible. And when they come to my house, because she mails them up, right? She mails them up. Oh, absolutely. How are you supposed to have Christmas without scotch cakes? That's what I, that's what I have to say. Uh, she mails them up. Um, and they're mine. Okay. Now I'm a sharing, caring kind of guy until it comes to scotch cakes. Children have no appreciation for this, right? You're seeing a little bit of bitterness come out. Um, no, but, uh, I don't know what your particular, uh, treat is that you enjoy very, very much, but we all know what it's like to anticipate something that is incredible and we bite into it and we're like, I think maybe they forgot something. Or maybe there's a little too much of something. A little too much salt or maybe they forgot the salt. Or maybe uh, there's supposed to be baking powder, baking soda. I don't know the difference between those two, but I think they're important. That's why they're called different things. Amen? And, uh, and I'll just be like, mm. And then someone who's a very good cook or a very good baker or what have you, they can taste it and they say, oh, this is what's missing and this is what's not meant to be there or whatever. Have you ever forgotten an ingredient when you have been cooking something? There are some things that are absolutely necessary in that recipe in order for it to make what the title suggests, right? For example, chocolate chip cookies. Praise God. We're all going to go out and get all these sweets. This is not some kind of subliminal, you know, like uh, eat all your treat kind of thing. But you can make a cookie, then you can make a chocolate chip cookie, right? If you don't put the chocolate chips in there, it's not a chocolate chip cookie, right? You can still make a good cookie without them, but it's not no longer a chocolate chip cookie. Uh, this morning and uh, the last uh, couple of days or so, uh, yesterday, today, and then earlier in the week. I worked so hard on my slides, right? You know how that goes, right? All my college students are cringing because they, they're like, yeah, I know what that's like. You work so hard and then all of a sudden, <gasps> it's still there. I could show them to you, right? Um, but somehow I've lost a little connector deal. Brother Braden has convinced me it's called the dongle. I don't know if that's right or not. He's probably making that up to make me look silly. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> But anyway, I lost my connection. Here's the thing is that God must have realized, look, a necessary ingredient for this service is not a slide presentation, right? So there are some things that in order to have a church service are absolutely necessary. And there are other things such as slide presentations that are helpful, right? And they're good and useful. It's a great tool. But as far as it being an absolutely necessary ingredient, is not absolutely necessary. Jesus never had slides. The Apostle Paul never had a slide presentation. Right? 
We're going to look at the ingredients list of consistent Christianity. And we're going to look at Acts chapter 2 and verse number 41 through 47. Now, this is going to, I'm not really going to stop necessarily on any one of these things and spend a long time explaining it. Every single one of these ingredients or every single one of these things that are mentioned, you're going to find right here in the verses. Okay? So this is like our recipe. You say, well, what does it produce? Because that's what I kind of want to know, right? It's like if you just start out with a recipe with just an ingredients list and not knowing what it's going to make, you're like, well, that's, I want to know what it's going to make. All right? It's, it's interesting because really, as you go through the ingredients list, it's also describing what it's making. Right? A lot like chocolate chip cookies, right? It's like chocolate chips are an ingredient, but it's also a part of the result. Does that make sense? So just to kind of get a little bit of an idea of what this ingredient list that should be in the life of every Christian and in the life of every church, right? These should be both in our lives individually. We should be making these choices as well as this should be present in every Bible preaching church. Okay? We'll look at verse 47, kind of as an end result, but this doesn't encapsulate everything about the verses we're about to read. But verse 47 says, Praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily such as should be Saved. So that's kind of a little bit of the result. It was this glad place, this place that was praising. God was blessing. It was an amazing place to be. If you were a Christian during these times, this is where you wanted to be. Now let's back up and let's read verse 41 through verse 47. It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. And fear came upon every soul and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord, in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this opportunity to worship you by listening to your word being preached. Father, you told us in your word, that it's by the foolishness of preaching you save them that believe, that it is the power of God unto salvation. And God, I am not the power, Father, the power is from you. And I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that you would use your word. Forgive me of sin, empty me of self. God, Father, fill me with your spirit. I pray that each and every one of us would not get lost in this list of ingredients, but that you would speak to our hearts specifically about what we might be missing in this list. We love you. Thank you for an opportunity to worship you by listening to your word preached in Jesus' name. Amen.
Okay, so we're going to back up a little bit. Now, again, this list is right here in Acts chapter 2. So we're not, gonna, we're not going to um, spend too much time on any one of them because the list is a little bit lengthy. We're just going to kind of go right through it. But as we go through this, here's the question. Okay? And if you've made anything or you've baked something or you've made some kind of a dish, some people put all their ingredients out on the counter so that they know. Uh, others just, they go through the list and they, they, they grab it and they put it in. They grab it and they put it in. However your, your process is. But as we go through this list, I'd like for you to personally ask the Lord, God, am I missing one of these? Am I being intentional with putting this spiritual ingredient into my life? Are you a consistent Christian? Well, none of us are as consistent as we want to be. But are you a consistent Christian? Are you a growing Christian? Are you a joyful, glad Christian? Is God growing you and helping you? Are you seeing God work in your life? Or are you kind of spiritually cold? There's just some distance there. Things are not happening the way you thought or things are not happening the way that you anticipated. This is the time to talk about. Where, where's the list? What's the list, pastor? This is the list. This is the ingredients list for consistent Christianity. Let me just say once again, before we start this list, this is what was passed on, not just at the church of Jerusalem, but at every church that was started by the apostles. This was the goal for each and every one of them to be like this, okay? The first thing is this. They were yielded to doing things God's way. They were obedient it says in verse number, uh, chapter number one, it says, and verse number, verse number seven, it says, and he said unto them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons which the father hath put in his own power, but ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost part of the earth. Um, and it says, go back to verse number four also. It says, and being assembled together with them, commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the father, which saith he, ye have heard of me. So here we see the first ingredient on the list. Jesus gave them something to do and the first thing that we see, the first ingredient of being a consistent Christian is your spirit, your attitude. Amen. You say, well, uh, that's affected by the weather. The weather, blah, 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 blah. No, no, uh, that's affected by the weather, okay? Well, listen, we can make the choice to be yielded to Christ or not yielded to Christ. We have to make the choice that we are going to yield to God's word and yield to what we already know that we are supposed to do. Many times we're not consistent in our Christianity because this first essential ingredient is missing. Many times we're looking for extra things to include into our Christian life and we need to come back to this first essential ingredient is my heart soft towards Christ? Going back to the parable of the four types of ground. There's types of ground that Jesus told us about in talking about our heart. 
And the first type of ground was like, was like a road. It was almost like pavement, right? And you're trying to sow the gospel seeds or sow the seeds of the word of God onto pavement. There's no way that you could plant a garden out here on the, on the blacktop. That would be a silly thing to try. And listen, there are many Christians that don't grow in their Christian life. They're not consistent. Why? Because their heart is hard. They've chosen for it to be so. They know what they're supposed to do. They know what God wants them to be, but they have chosen for their heart to be hard. We also see other types of ground and the four types of ground. Of course, we know there's the really, really hard one, and then there's the really, really good one. But I would say typically that, that the rest, that most of us are somewhere in the middle. We have competition for our heart, and we're willing for other things to kind of steal our attention away Something else pops up and we're willing to miss church. Something else pops up and we're willing to stay up super late and then get up late and then not read our Bibles and pray and what have you. We're, we can be so easily distracted and we say, why is Christianity so hard? My friend, do you have that first essential ingredient? Before Acts chapter 2 ever came, before the Holy Spirit ever fell, before those 3,000 ever got saved, before... Peter ever preached that amazing sermon before we ever get to see the rest of the ingredients list. There was a small group of 120 believers that decided I will be fully yielded to what Jesus has told me to do. Is that you? Are you fighting it? Are you fighting it? Are you resisting is there something in your life right now that you're resisting? God's working in your heart. You already know what you're supposed to do. But you've got this attitude of, no, I wanted to keep the control for myself. Well, my friend, the very first ingredient that you need, again, in a lot of um, things, uh, in a lot of recipes where you're baking, typically the first ingredient is, flour. Is that true? Those who bake, that's the biggest and most important ingredient. I mean, all of the other things, eggs, salt, et cetera, et cetera, chocolate, chocolate chips, and whatever it may be. What's the most important ingredient? Well, I mean, a lot of them are absolutely necessary, but the one that really is what makes up the most of the ingredients list would be flour. Eggs don't take up a lot of room. Salt, doesn't take up a lot of room. Flour takes up a lot of room. What's the missing ingredient in most people's lives? Why are most people not consistent? They're not yielded. They're simply not yielded. The first ingredient we see is they were yielded to doing things God's way. Second thing we see is that they were praying. The Bible says in chapter two and verse number um. Let's see, chapter two and verse number one. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. Um, the Bible speaks about in the previous chapter, how they were um, continuing in prayer. It says that in chapter one and verse number 14, these all continued with one accord in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus and with his brethren. And it goes through a list of those uh, disciples. And then it goes on, it says in chapter two and verse 42 in the verses that we originally started with, these continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship and in breaking of bread and in prayers. 
And it says that over and over and over again throughout the book of Acts when it's describing the ingredients list. Listen, a yielded heart, but also one that is prayerful. Prayerful. Are you prayerful? Is that a part of your life? Is it a consistent part of your life? You say, well, I don't always feel like praying. My friends, of course we don't. We pray because we're supposed to. We pray because God's commanded us to. We pray because if we are trying to do it, trying to live the Christian life without prayer, we are living in pride. I've heard a quotation one time, a pastor said that um, to attempt the work of God without prayer is the pinnacle of pride. And so many times we fail simply because this necessary ingredient is not there. Acts chapter two, this amazing thing happened. What, what came before that? Well, first of all, their spirit, their heart. Their heart was soft. Their heart was pliable. Their heart was humble and obedient. Jesus told them to do something. They said, yes. He said, wait until, wait until they were soft and pliable for as long as necessary. I will be obedient for as long as God wants me to be obedient in this area. That was their heart. And what were they doing? They were praying. They were pliable. They were soft. They were yielded and they were prayerful. Are you prayerful? And notice it says that they were prayerful together. There is something powerful about praying. We need to pray with our families together. We need to pray with our spouse. We need to pray with our children. And friend, we need to pray with our church. We need to pray with our church family. Remember, they were doing this individually, but they were also doing this together. The next thing we see is they were a witness for Christ. In chapter number two, it says in verse two, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting and there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now, what were they speaking? Well, it says in, um, it says in verse number uh, 11, it says Cretes and Arabians is describing where these individuals were from that were listening. It says, we do hear them speak in our tongues or languages, the wonderful works of God. There are some out there that think, oh, an important ingredient to be a good Christian is to speak in tongues. Well, if we go to what the Bible teaches about this miraculous gift, they were speaking in a language. And what were they saying? They were giving people the gospel. They were a witnessing um, a people. An important ingredient for every Christian is to be a witness for Christ. Are you a witness for Christ? Is that something that you do habitually? Are you open to being a witness for Christ? Opportunities, sometimes they come by and they're very large. You can have an hour, two hour, three hour conversation about the Lord and about the gospel. Other times, oftentimes the conversation or the opportunity to give the gospel is just a tiny little piece. Oftentimes, friends, it's just a tiny little piece. You can just give somebody a little bitty piece of the gospel. God is the one that opens the door for us to witness to others. And sometimes the door is wide open. Other times it's just a little crack. Listen, and if that Christian's heart, if that Christian's heart is yielded and they're prayerful, they're going to see the opportunities to witness and they're going to have the power to do so. Is that you? 
Is that you? You say, oh no, I could never. You can learn. Are you willing to learn? Everyone here is in a different stage of learning to be a witness. Some of us have been a witness for many years. We know lots of scriptures and we've witnessed to many people of many different backgrounds. Others, perhaps you've never really witnessed before ever. That's okay. This is a good opportunity to learn how. The first way that we witness is simply, we tell them our story. Hey, this is how I came to Christ. I don't know everything about the Bible. I, don't, I probably can't answer all of your arguments. Be honest. It's okay. They will respect you more if you are honest with them and say, look, my faith is not based on my experience. My faith is based on God's word. And I'm going to tell you how I came to know Christ. Your story is powerful. Don't, don't be afraid to tell people your story. God will give you opportunities. He will give you opportunities to witness to others. You say, pastor, you don't know what kind of problems I have in my life. I need to fix this problem. Friend, don't forget the necessary ingredients. God could be giving you a problem in your life, allowing an issue in your life so that you can use your faith in that situation and others who are watching you go through that situation will stand back and say, I'd like to know more. I'm willing to listen to them about their relationship with Christ because I know they're going through that situation. And though it's difficult for them, they're going through that situation in faith, they're trusting God, and they're praying. They witnessed to Christ, and can I say this? They witnessed for Christ together. They witnessed together. They were all witnessing for Jesus, though Peter gave the main address recorded here. The next thing that we see, prominent, uh, it, it was prominent in, in this ingredients list of, of scriptural preaching and teaching. We've already preached through the, the sermon that Peter gave in Acts chapter number two, it says in verse number 14, but Peter standing, standing up with the 11, lifted up his voice and said unto them, and then he dives into this sermon that covers a lot of Old Testament scripture. And then we can see in verse number uh, 41, that they that gladly received his word, the word of God, were baptized, verse 42, they continued steadfastly, and the apostles' doctrine, and it goes on and it just begins to describe that one of the important ingredients of this first church in being a consistent Christian was the, the prominence or the importance of Bible preaching and teaching. God's preordained method of changing the human heart is through the foolishness of preaching. We need preaching. We need God's word. Is that a part of your life? Do you choose for that ingredient to be in your life? By the way, I think there's 16 of these. <gasps> oh my goodness, pastor, no, please have mercy. Don't worry, we won't, we won't take a long time. But as we go through each of these things, let's just say that we only have two of them. Let's just say we only have five. Well, I'm trying to be a witness, but I'm not praying. Well, I'm trying to be a good Christian, but I've really got a hard heart, and I'm just trying to be trying to trying to solve all my problems through self-determination. And you say, "Well, I've only got half that list." Oh, my friends, let's just say that you you think about your favorite holiday treat, 
And let's say that your mom or your friend or your wife or, or, or yourself or you, you know, just whoever or maybe your favorite baker, whoever it is that makes it, you go and, and you go up to them and, and they say, you know what, I only had half the ingredients, so this is the best I can do. And you're like, no thanks. It's not going to taste anything like it. And you say, Pastor, we've, we've got issues, we've got problems, and you're, you're talking about yieldedness, and you're talking about witnessing, and you're talking about preaching, and I need my problem fixed. We need to realize that God's method of fixing our problem is not our method of fixing our problems. Amen? Amen. If we're willing to have that yielded heart, God, I'm willing to be the person you want me to be. God says, I see that. Now I'm going to fix your problem without you really ever doing anything about it. I'm just going to pray about it. That individual says. And who, who does the fixing? God does. Meanwhile, you're seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. Meanwhile, if we're living in doubt and fear, we're worried about all these things and neglecting the kingdom of God. They're not added to us. And God is trying to use that situation to turn you around and say, hey, why don't you focus on this simple ingredients list? Do you have a yielded heart? Do you pray? Are you willing to be a witness for Christ? Is preaching and teaching an important part of your life? Do you take the time? And listen, everybody gets sick. Everybody misses every once in a while. That's normal. That's just, we're human beings. We have, we have frail bodies, okay? We all take vacation. But is teaching and preaching an important part of your Christian life? Notice it says in chapter number two, and we've spoken many times about this, so we won't take a whole lot of time, but notice verse number 38. Then Peter said unto them, repent, allow the words to change your mind and thereby changing your heart, thereby changing your direction. Okay. This was a, an ingredient. They had all repented. They were all believers. They had all trusted Christ as their savior. Is that you? Listen, there is nothing more miserable than trying to be a Christian or act like a Christian if you've never trusted Christ as your Savior. Amen. Because the grace of God does not reside in your heart to give you the power from the inside to want to do this list and the things that Scripture teaches us. Christ is, he, he is our peace. Amen. He is our peace. They repented. This comes first. Those who were yielded, they had repented. Those who were praying, they had repented. Those who were being a witness for Christ, they had a time where they had repented and trusted Christ as their Savior. It, it makes no sense for someone who has never trusted Christ to try to pray to God. It doesn't work. It doesn't work well. I'm trying so hard to be a good person. Have you trusted Christ or are you trying to establish your own righteousness? Can I just ask you, what's stopping you? What's stopping you? Who are you afraid of that's going to laugh at you? Can I, talk, can, I, can, I, can I say what I've heard many pastors say in my youth? You spend five seconds in hell? Doesn't matter. You're not going to be thinking about those friends of yours that you didn't get saved because you thought they would make fun of you. Repent. Trust Christ. Amen.
John 3, verse 36. John 3, 36. He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life. He will not see everlasting life. But the wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath of God abideth on him. The wrath because of what? Because God hates you? No. Because God has a divine responsibility as the creator and judge of this universe to righteously judge sin. He has a responsibility to judge sin. And if sin is still upon us when we die, he must judge us alongside our sin. But as that first song that we sang, that when I see the blood, I will pass over you. If we come to Jesus Christ and we trust him completely for our salvation, believing he died on the cross for our sin, believing he rose again from the dead, believing that if we place our faith and trust in him, that he will save us and take us to heaven when we die. The blood of Jesus Christ in a spiritual way, obviously not in a physical way, but in a physical way, will cleanse our sin from our soul. And then we can go to be with God in heaven. That has to take place. Repent and believe. That has to be a necessary ingredient. It has to be a necessary ingredient. They were baptized. Those who repented and trust Christ for forgiveness were baptized. Have you been baptized in deep water? Pastor, I pray. I try to have a yielded heart. By the way, if you have a yielded heart and haven't been baptized, you don't have a yielded heart. Let me say that again. Now, again, in our church, we have to schedule the time to go somewhere and baptize unless you want to run this afternoon down to Lake Ontario. I mean, I'm game if you're game. I, I've got waders though, the, the waterproof pants. And I'm going to put on like, yeah, I'm going to put on some cozy stuff. You're the one getting wet. I don't know what the temperature is today, the water, something cold, 10 degrees, three degrees, something chilly, right? But, but we do that, like we schedule, right? We can schedule that and we're, and we're ready. But have you, have you repented and trusted Christ? Have you been baptized in deep water? scripturally okay do that that's a that's a necessary ingredient for for consistent christianity it's a necessary ingredient to please the lord it's a necessary ingredient in a bible preaching church pastor i've been saved and i've been baptized i'm trying to have a soft heart towards god's word amen we should all say yeah that's true we're praying we're, we're trying to be witness is anybody perfect in this of course not do we miss of course we miss that's why it's important to always go back to the ingredients list and say, by God's grace, this is what I'm striving to do. They were baptized, reliant upon the Holy Spirit to empower their obedience. Their power was not their own. They were saying, God, I need your help to live this kind of life. Uh, they had that yielded, that yielded heart and God was helping them. Um, and then we can see that they continued steadfastly. Let's look at this verse in, uh, in verse number Let's see, where is it? Where is it? Ah, there it is, verse 42. They continued steadfastly. What does that mean? They were not perfect, but they, they tried to be consistent, okay? They had a heart of, I'm trying to be consistent. I'm saved, I'm baptized, I'm trying to be a witness, I'm praying, uh, nobody's perfect, but I'm trying to continue steadfastly in this lifestyle. Oftentimes we're not consistent because we don't try to be consistent. 
Oftentimes we're not consistent because we really don't try to be consistent. We're not trying. Where are you consistent at? Let me ask you this. Don't blush, right? Don't get embarrassed. Do you brush your teeth every day? Oh, some of you laughed. Guilty. I'm not a dentist, right? Of course, most of us, yeah, for sure. Several times a day, man, I knew one, one guy brushed his teeth after every time he ate. Snack, lunch, I'm like, whoa. Like if you keep a toothbrush in your pocket, that's, that's a lot, right? Okay, if you need to do that, more power to you, but wow. But, but the thing is, if we're consistent in anything, it's because we try to be. Okay, let me ask you, are you trying to be consistent in your Christian walk? Are you trying to be consistent? We all need to strive to try to be consistent. Verse 42, they continued, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. One evidence of a conversion is a desire to be instructed in the doctrines and duties of religion, one commentator said, and a willingness to attend on the preaching of the gospel. I've trusted Christ as my savior. I've repented. I've been baptized. I know I'm forgiven. And now I've got a hunk. I've got a hunger inside. I've got a hunger inside. You know, my two kids, when they were born, they were different. Savannah, when she was born, not hungry. Some kids are like that for various reasons, right? We had a lot of coaxing and a lot of, a lot of trying, right? Trying to get her to eat. Marcus, on the other hand, he came out hungry. He's always been hungry. Marcus, you want this? Yeah, what is it? You don't care. <laughs> Amen, Miss Yudit? It's true. She brings him snacks, right? And here's the thing about Christians. When you're a new Christian, there's something inside of you that wants God's word. Amen. It's hungry for it. That's one way you know you're born again. And some of us, we're a little bit hungry for it, but maybe we need to be coaxed a little, kind of like maybe Savannah. Like, it's in there somewhere deep, but I kind of fight it a little. Other ones, oh, give me all of it. I want to be here for every service. Don't follow me home. I'm not going to teach you on the way. I'm just kidding. Right? Just hungry. Pastor, I got questions. Ask me the questions. Hungry. Man, hungry for the doctrine. Let me ask you something. Are you hungry? Well, bless God, I've been saved for a long time. Look, doesn't matter how old you are, if you're living, you're hungry for food. Right? And friend, if you're still, if you're still alive and you're a believer, you're still hungry for the word. Okay? We need to be hungry for the word of God. It says in fellowship and breaking of bread, these are two beautiful things apart. We strive to put these things in our church, in our church uh, calendar. Fellowship and breaking of bread. This, this breaking of bread is not taking the Lord's Supper. This breaking of bread literally is eating together. Take the time to eat together. Why? For fellowship. To connect. There are so many lonely people in this world. So many lonely people. What do they need to do? They need to get saved. And they need to become a member of a church. And they need to have fellowship. And they need to eat meals with others. Pastor, do I really have to come and eat that meal with you? You should. It's good for you. Well, I don't know if that's in the Bible. My friend, food is all, it's all in the Bible. When we get to heaven, what are we going to have? The marriage of the lamb. 
marriage supper of the Lamb. When we get to heaven, guess what we're going to do? We're going to eat. We're going to eat with him. Amen. We're going to fellowship him with, with him, and we're going to eat. Amen. Prayers together once again. Fear, reverence. We're almost done. We're on number 13. Remember, out of 16, we're really close to being done. Don't, don't miss these last couple of ingredients. Your, your recipe is going to taste weird, right? So, <laughs> right? Fear and reverence. Look at this with me quickly. Verse 43. And fear came upon every soul. Fear means that there was great reverence. Meaning there ought to be a holy reverence or awe when we're talking about God. That is a part of being a Christian. When Christians use the name of God, it should be with reverence and awe. We should not just use God's name in vain. It's one of the commandments. When we're here together, there should be a reverence and an awe. Meaning we're here because we're here to worship God. We're we're, we're here to have a good time. We're here to enjoy each other's fellowship and hear the preaching. But it should be different. There should be a, a holy seriousness when we're here together. He's here with us. Listen, when we get to heaven, we're not going to walk up to Jesus and give him a high five. He is our creator, God. We're going to realize, man, we are dust and ashes. We are going to fall on our knees and worship him. There ought to be a heart humility. That's what reverence is when we worship. It should not be casual. It should not just be like, oh, yeah, yeah. There ought to be some holy fear. That word fear means phobos, like a phobia. Not as in we have a phobia, but in the sense that we, we have a holy reverence for him. We ought to have that. And it came upon every soul, every person, every individual. It said, fear came upon every soul. It's not just, well, the church does this. I should be included in this. Okay. And the the last couple of things here we find. It says in verse 44, and all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. There was a voluntary agape love. There was a voluntary yet sacrificial way that they treated one another. We all need this. We do what we do as Christians, not because we have to. You listening? We do what we do as Christians because we get to. Let me say that again. Christmas is coming up. April and I have budgets for each other, what we're supposed to spend or that we can spend for one another. Can I, can I tell you a secret? I'm gonna go over budget. Not because I have to, I want to. To the point where if it needs to come out of my budget so that she can get more, that's okay. Not because she's demanding it, Not because she gives me a list and says, check it twice, and and if you want supper tomorrow, you better. (laughs) Come on now. (laughs) Right? Listen, it's an expression of my genuine love for her. To find what she wants, 
You never listen to me. Man, I hope my wife never says that. I ought to listen to her. If anybody, hey, if I don't listen to her, somebody else is going to. Amen. Listen, what does she want? By the way, I already got her one thing I'm not going to tell you because she hopefully she'll listen to this recording later. I'm so excited. I hit it in the house. It's going to be awesome. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want one of those. Look, if you get somebody something, there's no reaction, fail. Give me that. I'm going to take it back and find something. I'm looking for a reaction. If there's no reaction, this, I did something wrong. That's how I feel. Amen? I want the reaction. Tears, laughter, something. What do we see here in the first church? They did this individually and collectively. For the Lord's sake, when they saw a need, they were willing to show the love of Christ to these brand new people, even to the point they were willing to sell their stuff, their possessions. And friend, it says land. Chapter five, it goes through a story. Not because they had to, because in chapter five, it talks about a story where where one couple sold their land and then they lied about how much they'd sold it for so they could keep back. And listen, it, it wasn't that, they, that it was required that they sell the land and give all the money. It was the fact that they were lying about it. That was the sin. And Peter tells them, when it was yours, was it not yours? Was it not your own? They were not required to sell their stuff. It was completely voluntary. No pressure. Hey, if you want to give a ton to the church, praise God. But we all ought to give something. Why? Because we love him, not because it's required or demanded or, or investigated. No. Agape love. How's your giving? How's your agape love? By the way, it's not, it's not just money. This is just us. Are you a giver or are you a taker? I'm walking in to see if I can take. I'm walking in to see if I can get something. Not, not, in, a, not in a negative stealing way, but just, and I know we're all needy. Of course we are. But you will get an incredible blessing if you add this to your ingredients list. By God's grace, I'm going to let him grow me into a giver. Why? Because Jesus said it is more blessed to give than to receive. And of course, this time of the year reminds us of that, does it not? Last piece. We've read this already. 46 and 47, they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house that eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as should be saved. The last thing we see here is just the gladness, singleness of heart, kind of like this atmosphere of joy. Singleness of heart, what does that mean? It means that they, listen, it means that they were sincere and pure in heart. Singleness of heart, they were, there was unity, they were sincere, they were sincere in all of this. They were sincerely yielded. They were sincerely praying. They were sincerely being a witness. They were sincerely, they had sincerely repented. They had sincerely, and the list goes on and on and on and on. And what, and what happened? They were glad. They were happy. They were joyful. Is that you? Are you sincere? Everybody bow your heads, please. Close your eyes.